to bring your own a catch-all most of the time bookish podcast i'm brandy i'm kendra i'm kayla and today we are doing part two of our addicted calloway sisters deep dive so if you have not listened to Mm -hmm. episode one you should go back and listen to that and we'll see you in approximately 10 to 12 business days because that episode is fucking long. <laughs> so long. <laughs> so long. Um, but yeah, today we are picking up with Thrive and going all the way through some kind of perfect. Uh, but before we do that, what are you guys drinking? What are you reading? Kayla, why don't you start? Oh, sure. I will go first. I'm having a Moscow Mule. Can you guys hear that? A little icy. Okay. Having a Moscow Mule tonight um, because it's 840 where I live, so... Um, I'm having that. And then what I'm reading, I just actually finished a book. Um, I just finished a love wager by Lynn Painter, but I listened on audio. It's Zachary Weber. And I apologize to the female narrator whose name I don't remember, but Callie she's Dalton. also really good. No, wait, oh, no, I'm right. It was that not was Callie Dalton. I'm so fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, it's not Kelly Dalton because I'm, I'm so actually, sorry. it's okay. I'm actually not Kelly Dalton's biggest fan. But um, it's I think it's like Kristen something, but she was really good. The book itself, I actually really enjoyed. I thought it was super cute. Um, I had not read Lynn Painter before, but I know that people really love her. I know they really love like better than, better movies, than the right? movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And she's also a Midwestern girly. So that was fun. And um, it's just, it was super cute. It's a fake dating storyline, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about these people who actually meet at a wedding. She's a bartender. He's in the the wedding party. They have a one night stand together, but they actually agree that they're just going to be like friends, not even friends with benefits, just straight friends. And they're actually going to help each other find love, essentially. So they try and help each other find their like soulmate, essentially. And they become really really good friends. And then obviously through that, you know, uh, feelings develop. Yeah, they fall in love. And then at like towards like the end, he like agrees to be her fake date for a wedding, another wedding that she's attending. And so then that's really when like, things come alert. to It's oh, on the-, the back of the book. It is literally <laughs> on the back of the book. So the- it's really good. I looked it up. The narrator's name is Kristen D. Mercurio. Okay, so her I was right. And Kristen. Zachary Weber, our king. Yeah. Yes, Zachary Weber. And it was so cute. Highly recommend the audiobook. I definitely think that this is one where – I enjoy, I think I enjoyed it more on audio than I would have if I had read it. There's also like a lot of text messages that they exchange and they're each read in the respective narrator's voice. Oh, cool. So even if the chapter is in the girl's POV, they're read in the male or the female voice for each one. So that was really cool. What about you, Kendra? Um, I also just finished uh, two books recently. So I finished this book called That Kind of Guy. By, and now I'm forgetting the author's name. Oh, Stephanie Archer. It used to have the world. It was some kind of guy. No, it's that kind of guy. Oh, okay, got it. Um, by Stephanie Archer. It used to have the world's ugliest cover. You probably used to see it on your <laughs> on your Kindle as an ad. Um, the ugliest cover, but the story was really cute. It kind of it's like slapstick happy. Um, it kind of gave me like Hallmark vibes, but it was short to the point. Fake dating. Um, I loved it. And I also just finished listening to a book I had already read previously back in 2017 called The Light We Lost by Jill Santopolo, who I love Jill Santopolo. She actually just had another book come out that I need to read. And The Light We Lost is just a beautiful love story that is Mm. also a tragedy. And I love that book so much. I was describing it to Kayla and Brandy earlier. 
Kayla said that I had no taste and that she was. I never did not say like that. that. <laughs> I said it's a no for me. I but said happy I will you. never read that book in my life. <laughs> never. But it, but them saying that it translated to Kendra, you have no taste. How dare you even read something like that? Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, don't speak for me, but sure. Okay. I mean, it just I get every book recommendation from Kendra. I'm just yeah. <laughs> it has it has a trope that Kayla just like detests, which like rightfully so. Um, but I I love reading about it. I love messy people. Jill Santopolo writes about messy, rich, white women living in New York City. And if you just want to completely shut your brain off and go live in like a very soap opery world, Jill Santopolo is your girl. And her writing is beautiful. Um, I'm also drinking a glass of Moscato tonight that I got oh, from nice. Total Yum. Wine in my house. So let's see how, how on track I stay uh, this episode. You can do it. Yeah, this you. is my second Moscow Mule. So if I start to sound a little bit crazy, then it's fine. The last Guys, time that I got drunk Kayla's was on New Moscow Year's Mules. Eve. I had like four. If I could show the videos that I have, you her husband have to. had to start texting me because she was too inebriated to text me herself. It was bad. It happens. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Um, cool. I am currently... I actually just started the audiobook for Forget Me Not by Julie Soto, which I know Kayla was reading Ooh, last mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm, yeah. So mm-hmm. she already talked about that one. So, um, so curious. So curious yeah. to hear your thoughts on that so one. So that one is Callie Dalton and Teddy Hamilton. I don't mm. mind Callie Dalton. I really don't mind her. Um, but we'll see. I literally, I'm only a chapter in. So I will see. Uh, and I am currently reading The Front Runner, which is book three in the Elsie Silver's Gold Rush Ranch series, which is... It's fun. Having a good time. Amazing. Yeah, that one is... Oh, God. Kendra just showed the cover for what that kind of guy used to look like. It looks Whoa. so bad, right? But now it looks It's so cute. Beautiful. It. Yeah, that is so yeah. cute. That is so cute. And the writing is really good. So if you want something quick, easy, I would recommend it. It's on KU, isn't it? Yes. Yes. KU. Oh, yeah, Brandy, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm having a Sundrift sparkling water. A lemon. what? A sundrift? A sundrift sparkling water lemon flavored. I'm addicted. Sundrift? Or did you say sp- uh, oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read. Um, wait, that is like, what's that effect called where you think you know Mandela something? effect? Yes. I swear on my life I've been calling the sundrift my whole life. <gasps> Crazy. Wow. Well, I usually well, drink LaCroix. Uh, so I, that's, and I will say your whole life, it's only been out for a few years. I think Spindrift is like, maybe really? not See, even I don't know shit. For all of Spindrift's life. I'm just saying words. Um, okay. Yeah. But anyways, we wanted to keep our intro pretty brief uh, because we know that last episode was long. We're going to try and move through this one at a brisk pace. But like we said earlier, like we love these books so, so much. So we'll do what we can, but we're making no promises. Yeah. Before this episode, I was like, before we started recording, I was thinking about the books that we're going to go through. And I was just thinking we could literally, if we wanted to, we won't, but if we (laughs) wanted to dedicate an entire episode to some kind of perfect, because there's just Mm -hmm. so many things we could talk about in that book, but we we will keep it brief for your sake. We'll do our best. So we, we ended last episode with talking about Hot House Flower and, um, Kiss the Sky and Hot House Flower were the last two ones that we talked about the last episode. So we're going to start with Thrive with this episode. And if you are unfamiliar with the Addicted Calloway Sister series, this is going to be riddled with spoilers, this whole episode. So if you're somebody like me who loves a good spoiler, stick around. Otherwise, maybe come back after you've read them. But uh, Thrive takes place over the same timeline 
as Kiss the Sky and Hot House Flower, but it's from Lily and Lowe's perspective. So Thrive spans two years from Lily and Lowe's perspectives. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people actually skip Thrive. Which is absolutely insane. It makes me sick to my stomach. And we talked about this last episode. We were like, stick to the recommended reading order. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so many people, they will skip Thrive because they're just like, why would I want to read about the same events? Which like, I get that. Fair. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they add nothing. But in this book, I feel like they're, they're, I don't know. I feel like it's half and half. Some of the scenes in this book, I'm like, we could have done without. Sure. But a lot of them, I'm like, it okay, adds, I really like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It adds a or lot of context. Over. Yeah. Sometimes the twins, though, would sk- skip over something that I really wanted to see. And I'm like, why didn't we get that from Lillian Lowe's point of view? It covers yeah. a lot of time, this book. And so they're, like, trying to – in all the chapters start with, like, how many years or how many months or whatever – and this book, yeah, like Brandy said in the beginning, it covers like two years worth of events. So it's a lot to get through because a lot happens within those two years, right? Like it's covering yeah. all of the reality show. It's covering the in-between from the reality show to Hot House Flower and then all of Hot House Flower as well. So it's covering a lot of stuff. Um, the first thing that jumps out oh to me, gosh. I just want to point it out. And when I was going through this book again right before this episode... In chapter two, there's a quote that I had highlighted where Lo says to Lily, I don't want to live if you're not living with me. And do you know what the first thing, Kendra, what's the first it's thing that you think would come in if it's not I was like, is this where Maddie Healy got his inspiration for that Maddie iconic song? hugely Lo stand. And I was like, yeah, um, you know, addicts see addicts. Come on now. Kendra, like, no. <laughs> But okay, before we get no. there though, I do want to rewind because literally page 15 punched me in the gut because there's a part where Lo turns, she said, I remember his words so clearly. This isn't working, Lily. He said, his eyes bloodshot. They were crying. And she thinks he's going to say we should break up. And they're just like laying there, just like so broken. Like they, they're both in recovery and it's just so fucking hard. And it's like, it's going bad. So two hours later, sunken with this immeasurable grief that just can't be explained, he whispered, be with me. And that this is part of the reason a lot of people have beef with this book is because mm-hmm. Lowe says, no more rules, fuck the list. You're strong enough to handle sex when I'm aroused and maybe even in public too, um, which were things that is were not on the mm-hmm. list. They throw out the list that was recommended by the therapist in this book. And a lot of people are like, Lowe's enabling Lily, Lowe's enabling Lily. And you know what? Maybe a little bit, but they're human and they're flawed. And I think that's a beautiful part about this book. Like recovery for any addiction is not going to be clean. It's not mm-hmm. going to be. Mm-hmm. It's not a know, straight perfect. line. Exactly. So, but that chapter, yeah, I keep saying chapter, but page 15, I was like, oh. Yeah. God. A lot of this book deals with the fact that they basically have relapses, each of them in their addictions. And essentially the downfall of that, because they had been doing quote unquote well for such a long time, but it's like Brandy just said, it's recovery is not a straight line. It doesn't happen the same way for everybody. And so it, you see this book, they're starting to essentially spiral. And so Lo is trying to help her in the way that like he knows how, which is trying to give her back control. And that is, you know, it could be a mistake. I was still disappointed. Like, I was disappointed, though, because you coming off yeah, of Kiss absolutely. the Sky and Hot House Flower, like, the only thing that I knew going into Thrive was that Lo was going to relapse again because we were told that in um, Hot House Flower. But 
I wasn't expecting the list to be thrown out. Like I was very mm-hmm. like uh, disappointed because this came up in Kiss the Sky. Like there was a big conversation about like whether or not Lily and Lowe were like following, like wasn't it like with them following the rules or yeah. it was something with, with their sex lives and they, they lied essentially. And I felt, mm-hmm. I felt just very awful to be honest. But that, but that leads me to this other part that I have highlighted where like somebody walks in on Lily and Lowe. I can't even remember exactly the context, but Poppy said, you both realize they have no privacy outside and inside their relationship, right? Because mm-hmm. like they're on, they're this huge public spectacle now. They're on a reality show. They're famous because they're just like rich people or whatever. But on top of that, everybody is hyper analyzing their relationship at all times because they want them to be healthy, right? It's 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 out of love, but it's still like that. Imagine like I can't like somebody knowing the details of your sex life. And you're like every move, like your siblings watching that stuff and being like, mm, no, you're having sex too much or you're doing that. Like, oh, God, I can't imagine. Yeah, I was I was really torn with this one because like Kendra said, like, obviously, I was very disappointed because like you it hurts like you don't you don't want to see them go into bad these like back into these bad habits. Right. Like you want them to get better. So it is it's disappointing, but it's you can see why and how it happened right yeah. like it's, it's just a very it's a very get... sad situation mm-hmm. and i think that was like the point like you like you're you're meant to feel sad like lily and lo kind of get like beat up in this no. book you get yeah. like glimpses of it in kiss the sky and Hollis flower but this is like being in their head for some of these scenes it was uh oh yeah way before like i said this in the last episode too but i'll say it again like i was like he 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 and during the first two books i'm like oh i love low i want a low perspective blah 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 no being in Lowe's head during thrive fucking ouch like yeah he's in so much pain all the time oh my god but guys the fact that their relationship like them loving each other was never like up for debate like them not being together was never an option oh i love them can i just say i i love the switch in brandy because last episode we ended talking about Riken daisy and she was miserable she's like oh my fucking god these fucking and now we're talking about lilo again and like her just entire personality change and it's it's like it's nice to see it's like <laughs> like her wanting to spend so much little time with like these little details with Rick and Daisy you're like all right chop let's, let's go it keep it moving <laughs> I'm so sorry I just love you so much <sighs> so jumping to a little bit more of a fun and lighthearted scene we find out <laughs> that the gang is gonna go to Comic Con. And Lily is so excited about this, by the way. There's at the very end of chapter five is when we learn that they're going to go to Comic-Con. And she says at the very end of the chapter, it says, I just have one question. And then in her head, she says, they wait for me to ask the room calm and quiet. Unlike before, when I talk, they all try to listen. And that means a lot, a whole lot. (laughs) And then she asks, who is everyone else dressing up as? But I just thought that was so sweet. What she said, I was like, oh, Lily. But Comic-Con is so much fun to read about. We get Lily and Lowe going as X-Men characters, whose names I don't remember. And I sincerely apologize because I'm not really a big X-Men person. Hellion and what's her name? He's always Hellion. She's got a blonde wig. Or something, or like she's like all like icy looking, right? Or something like that. Someone please go to Instagram and comment what they were because we do not remember. Um, the ones that, of course, what's the one that I remember? You guys, do I even need to say it? Connor. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Rose and Connor, Batman and Catwoman. Are you kidding me? That's the most iconic yeah. thing. Well, I knew that oh, from the fan that. art because mm-hmm. there's a really popular fan art piece of them dressed up in their costumes. And I was like, oh, that's hot. So I knew this scene was coming before I even. You know what? I well, do I remember Daisy's costume. What is Daisy's it? costume is as the girl from The Fifth Element. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Reich's. And does not remember that comic? Reich was Green Oh, Green Arrow. Arrow. That's. Oh, that's oh, yeah. hot. This is because he already he he dressed up as Green Arrow in the front row. Oliver Queen. And he gives me. He gives him shit about it, and Rice it's the only thing I fucking have. Like, of course, Rike wouldn't go out and buy <laughs> is this, a new outfit. Is this one of the times where Connor calls Rike a dog? Which I think is, like, one of the funniest running Amazing. jokes in the entire series. Like, oh, they, it's, it's he doesn't favorite. let up. And every time it was so funny. Oh, like my god! 20 years, he's calling never gets old. <laughs> Never gets old. The quote in question is, Connor says, Now I'm questioning our friendship. Good, Rike says, because I question it every fucking day. I remember now why we're friends. Every man needs a dog. Lassie <laughs> taught me that. And then he says, fuck you, right? That's so says, fucked was, up. Connor says, I thought it was a compliment. Everybody loves Lassie. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, oh that scene so is funny. just so good. Like, it's, there's like, shit goes wrong at Comic-Con. They have to switch outfits. It's just like so fun. It's yeah. it's just a fun, like, reprieve, you know? Because yeah. It's just yeah, because you don't you really get, get of... you don't get much of much reprieve in this book. But this yeah. is this is a this part. is one of the few scenes that we didn't see in um, Kiss the Sky and Hot House Flower. Like we didn't even know this happened until it came to Thrive. The other scene that I think about a lot with Thrive, and I forget where it takes place exactly, but it's when they all go bowling. Um, when I think of bowling now, I think of that's such Lilo a scene. going bowling with like corsets, and then I also think of um, what's the book called? You deserve each other. Oh, there's a big yeah. bowling scene and there's I, I love bowling and it's, it's just such a cute date and seeing them yeah bowl. it's and like so have a good cute time. it's moments when they can just like have a good time and like be a friend group out in public and like relax that mm. are just really nice um are they during that bowling scene are they film i think they're filming their rea- a scene for the reality show aren't they mm-hmm. i yeah, yeah. i forget but the part that like really gets to me in that specific bowling scene because it's all six of them that are out bowling, but it's just really cute because Re- or Reich, oh my god, Lo is looking at Lily. <laughs> Lo is just like looking at Lily, and she's like trying to practice bowling essentially, like practice her stance. And she's you know she's this, she's always described as, and this is Chris and Becky Becca's word, gangly. She's just like the skinny little thing, right? And so, like, like the ball causes her to, like, you know, uh, careen back on her feet, right? And so she's, like, trying to keep her balance and everything. And he's just, like, watching her struggle with this bowling ball. And he just thinks, I love her. You know what I mean? Isn't it so cute? He literally says, the world seems to empty whenever I watch her. It's a peaceful existence. But I know a life with just the two of us alone is a future better as a, as a future better as a fantasy friends family they're not as easy to leave behind anymore it's i just love that line from lo and that was such a big thing for them because they would used to just only hang out by themselves so like seeing them yeah yeah, like seeing them embrace like being around other people because i used to be like and i get like my relationship with like my own personal family is just so different from like other people's but i'd be like i would never want to live with my sister like i could never live with my family the way that they live with their family but for them like it's so necessary it's where i was like okay it's cute it works 
And then um, I think we may have like skipped over this part, but you get New Year's in this book mm-hmm. as well, or a New Year's because this book does cover two years. Um, and you have the Catch Me I Already Have moment. And yeah. when that came up, I thought of Demi Lovato. I posted on my Instagram, so I remember uh, Demi Lovato's song Catch Me. It just fit so perfectly. Oh, they're so they're, cute. In that scene, they're reminiscing essentially about like what they would do when they were little. And, like, um, she would just essentially, like, run around and wait for Lo to chase her around before midnight. And then um, he's like, you always would run out of breath. But Lily is like, well, I wanted you to catch me. And so then that's where the catch me part comes from. And it was just, it's really cute. They're it so, so sweet. so nice. Because um, I feel like since so much of this book is a recap of, like, what happened in Kiss the Sky and Hot House Flower, um, the biggest yeah. thing in this book, I think, is Lowe's relapse, because we didn't get to see those in either of those books. But before we get there, one thing that I wish that we would have gotten in this book, which does kind of irk me looking back on it, because again, like they left, there were scenes that I thought we would get Lily and Lowe's point of view on that we just like didn't, and I don't understand why. But it was when uh, they're in Colorado for the ski trip. And like Scott is there Mm -hmm. and in Kiss the Sky, that was such a big moment for Lily and Lo because Scott is being so antagonistic towards them both, like really trying to like push them to relapse. And I remember I was like, oh, I can't wait to just like see how they reacted to that. Like I want it to be in their heads for that. And then we get to Thrive and it's like, all right, we're back from Colorado. And I'm like, KBR, what do you mean we're back from Colorado? Like I wanted Mm -hmm. to see that so bad, like. If I could trade in a scene in Thrive, I would to get that moment from their point of view. I know it would be painful, but I'm like, I want it. Watch them be, be like, fair, it's Patreon. I don't want to go to your phone. Go to Patreon. To be fair, we did get the scene. I mean, I'm not one to defend Kristen Beckerucci, but we did get the scene where Scott hands low bourbon. Yeah. And then Lily, she like, what, like she bats it out of his hand or something like and that? she like really sick. And she says, yeah. she says, don't you dare give him alcohol. Like it's nothing. Oh, right? I was like, Lily. <gasps> and yeah. then he says, Lily Calloway, did you just defend me by throwing a perfectly good booze at a douchebag's head? And she's like, yeah, I did. And I was like, All I right. love Lo being like, it's still I mean, good. <laughs> like, it's still good. Yeah, which I guess um, could lead us to like, like Kendra said, like a lot of the plot points that are happening in this are obviously recaps from Kiss the Sky and Hot House Flower. But the biggest thing that is left out that happens between these books that we don't see in either of those books is Sweet Baby Lowe's relapse. Um, it's just like really, really fucking devastating to read. Like I felt sick to my stomach while I was reading it. Yes. yes. Yeah, so at this point, like, Lo gets a call that in in the morning, the news is going to be reporting that Jonathan Hale, his dad, has been verbally, emotionally, and sexually abusing him since he was a kid. And the only thing that's not true about that is the sexual abuse. But his dad and him have just, like, a really, you know, tense and strange relationship. It's strange, right? Because Lo loves his dad so much. And he wants his dad to be a good dad so badly. Like he desperately wants his dad to be a good dad. And Jonathan is just not for no for so long. There's this moment on page 23 in Thrive, I underline, I was and it's Jonathan. He goes, Sometimes I wonder if one of my fucking nannies dropped you on your head when you were a kid. Ugh. Like that is Jonathan Hell. Jonathan, gentlemen. Shut up. Like ugh. And then logos, my childhood nannies that he claims he banged, all ten of them. Jonathan yeah Jonathan 
So Lowe's just already having a hard time. The reality show is really tough on him and Lily. Like things are just not great anyways. And this news just like pushes him over the edge. He starts digging through cabinets and finds a bottle of Glenfiddich. Mm. Three fourths full. And then he says, I pop off the crystal stopper and put the rim to my lips. I hesitate for only one second before the sharp liquid slides down my throat. Bro, yeah. have you guys heard the audio of this book at all? Yeah, because it is devastating. It. Mm-hmm. It's devastating. I remember I was walking, I was literally just walking my dog, and I was listening to this, and this scene came on, and I was like crying in the middle of the sidewalk. Yeah. Which dog? <sighs> Which dog were you walking? Casper. Okay, good, good. God. And then anyway. the next chapter is equally as fucking devastating because oh, we watch as him. Lily finds him and is like, begging people to come help she's like yelling for she yells for rose rose yells for connor and then connor's like shaking connor's trying to get him into the car and he can't even drive to the hospital i I can't even think about that part it like makes me so bro why am i gonna tear up right now it was connor's alcohol um yeah and so connor just of course feels like so painfully guilty but Oh my god, I'm gonna start crying too because Lily says, "You wait for me, Lauren Hale." Like oh, in her head, she thinks of it, which is a callback, obviously, to the first book when Lauren was like, "I need you to wait for me, Lily." So she, they're on the way to the hospital because Lauren's unresponsive, and she said, "You wait for me, Lauren Hale. Promise oh. me." Uh, yeah. <laughs> when they're in the hospital, um, Connor and Wright get into this like huge fight, mm. which mm. I'm trying to remember whose side I was on. I definitely was well, mad at Wright. I was so the, mad at Reich. The yeah. fight, yeah, is essentially that Connor, I mean, Connor still feels a massive amount of guilt, but he says that he trusted Lo mm-hmm. to have that alcohol in the house because they're living together at this point, right? And so he has alcohol in the house. And so I mean, he hid it, but obviously not well enough. And so he's saying that I trusted Lo to not do anything with this alcohol if he did find it one day. And then Reich, Reich says, you can't trust an alcoholic. And he said, I trusted my friend, is what Connor tells Reich. And that's one thing I really like about Connor and Lowe's relationship versus Reich and Lowe's relationship. And I think he needs both of them in his life at mm-hmm. all times. Because Reich would have been too overbearing with Lowe. And then Lowe would have still relapsed regardless. Like, I, he needed Connor to, like, level him out and, to like, give him that trust. Him. Yeah, yeah. To have faith in him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and oh, Connor God. says, I, like, it's like, Reich is like, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you're not destroying him. And Connor said, I love him. I would never intentionally harm Low, which obviously Ugh. we know is like a huge step for him. But it's yes. just like so, oh my God, he wakes up and Lily gets into bed with him. And she said, Low, I just want you to know that if you leave this world, I won't be in it for much longer. He's a piece of me. You cut it off and it's like going through life with no lungs. Oh my no, God. They're, so sui- they're so suicidal at times. I'm like, y'all need to calm down. Like, oh my God. Low could be, Low could be like, <laughs> in the bathroom for too long and Lily will be like if he doesn't come out right now I'm gonna kill myself like <laughs> like it was scary alone, Kendra. <laughs> no but like it's scary because I believe them like Lily and Lo the only way they could die is together like truly it'll be a notebook moment like same day same time yeah. peacefully in their sleep because if one of they them went without the other, other oh my god Neither of y- one of y'all have read A Little Life, but it would be a little life situation. Like, they would not last long. I'm never reading that book, Kendra. Be serious. But- well, that's why I said you're not going to read it, but for those of you who have, 
<laughs> before we move on from like Lowe's relapse, like one more like final thing that made me really sad was that Lo and Lily during this book decided that like, because we know that in Kiss the Sky, their fake engagement turned out like they didn't have to get married because Laura or um, Rose and Connor got married, but they decided together in at the beginning of this book that they wanted to get married on June 16th, which is a reference to the Marvel comics that they love, Earth 616. But Low relapsed and they couldn't get married. Yeah. Yeah. Which but like you know honestly, what? they shouldn't have gotten exactly. Like, they, you, know, you know what? This the payoff this is in the next book. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is also the book where we get their POV from Connor asking them if he can Yeah. And Rose can get married instead of Lily and Lo. So And you also get a little bit of Connor and Rose's wedding in this. Oh, I'm not enough. Rose. That's yeah. That th- this is what the evil decided but was whatever. like good enough for the cabal away stands. Like we'll give you a little snippet of the cabal away wedding, take it or leave it. But I did just read Connor and Rose's first date, which is included in the new edition of Addicted for Now, and it was <sighs> perfection. Like I got to give it to the twins. When they write cabal away, they write cabal away really good. It, it was me? great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll bring it over. Yeah, same. Oh, perfect. So, of course, all the events that are happening in Hot House Flower, we see from Lauren's point of view. But the one that, like, stuck with me the most was definitely the fight with Reich, obviously, because you're in Lauren's, Lauren's head when he finds out that Reich and Daisy are caught kissing. And he's just so pissed. Like, he's because everybody's, they've been lying to him. He knew, like, he was just, like, so in his head. And I think that biggest one for me the biggest quote was Lauren thinking I don't need him to be a 24-7 sober coach I need him to be my brother which like yeah like we're just saying like he Reich is a sober coach to him all the time like I he I think this is a huge turning point in their relationship for sure because he does transition into more of a brother role after their fight it's not only the sober coach thing it's also there's also a line during that fight where he says, "I am a goddamn human being. When will I ever be worthy of the truth?" I think it's just because he feels like things have been hidden from his, from him, in his life yeah, in general for so long that he just he just wants to be told the truth. You know, he's tired of not knowing things. He's tired yeah. of being kept in the dark. And so I think that's another piece that's really hard for him. So much less about Daisy and just about the circumstances of his life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this this book ends with um, Lauren finding out that Lily's pregnant. Um, but having a baby. Ooh. One of my all-time favorite quotes is when they're talking about whether they think they can do it. It's just the two of them. And they're, like, so terrified, but they're like, we can do it. And the quote is, you and me. I smile against his lips. Lily and Lo. And then he, Lauren says, and someone else. Oh! It's yeah, not just them one. anymore. Uh, this is also, I mean, a part of this book also too is him like coming to terms with whether or not he wants to be a dad and how he would be as a dad. Because like in his POV, he, you know, talks about how he can't bring another human into this world. Right. And like Lily, which she's keeping a secret about her herself being pregnant. She's like hearing him say all this. And she's like, oh, I can't tell him. No, I can't like, tell Lowe him. Like Lo was you know? very fuck them kids. So that's right. Like <laughs> he was, he was like, not about it. Um, all of them, and he's like, yeah, all of them. <laughs> 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 and she's like, he did not want to be a dad. But like, I couldn't even blame him. Like, 
in the last episode, I told you how, yeah, yeah, how I was telling how Kayla gaslit me. And (sighs) I was able to believe her because I was so in Lowe's, I was in Lowe's corner with him not wanting to have a kid. So I was like, yeah, like maybe they, maybe they won't have a kid and that'll be good. Like I, I thought. I thought it made sense for them not to have a kid. I mean, obviously, I'm glad they did have a kid, but yeah, yeah. Oh, one now of we're gonna the, be parents. And one of the lines that the twins, I'm sure, are real proud of themselves for, is when um, Lo says, "I just don't want our kids to be damaged like us." But um, and then of course, ill. We are like, we are not like us. We are like not like a serious us source of damage like us. We're not, but. Anyway, Ew. just wanted I to point that I, part out because I bet they're I patting to, themselves on the back about that one. I used to like Moffy. That's crazy. Moffy is what they eventually <laughs> named their first child. Uh, Moffy as a kid beats Moffy as an adult any day. We don't have to get too far into like us. Anyways. We won't. Please. On to the next. On to, <laughs> yeah, the, next. On to the next. The best yeah. one. The best um, one. The best book in the whole mm. series. Well, let's let's quote. Push the brakes on that. Tell the world. This is the best book. Best book to you. (laughs) To me. (laughs) I would say the the run from Addicted After All and Feel the Fire is pretty stinking phenomenal, I will Mm -hmm. say. Like, those two books Mm -hmm. together, back to back, like, KBR, Mm -hmm. they were on fire. Mm -hmm. They lost it with The Long Way Down, but then they regained (laughs) it with some kind of perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Addicted After All. It's my favorite book in the series, excluding some kind of perfect. Mine too. And, Mm -hmm. ugh. It's so, it's just such a good book and such a good ending to Lily and Lowe's story. Like, this it's is the so last time we're officially in their heads for the, like, original books, mm-hmm. excluding some kind of perfect. And it's, like, I was just so sad, like, mm-hmm. going in, even though a lot of what happens in this book is actually kind of happy, There's I would a say. lot of happiness in yeah. this book. There is. Um, there is. You know what? According to Snapchat, I had just finished this book maybe, like, two days ago. From <gasps> Aww. So, That's so nice. Happy anniversary to me. And- yeah. Yeah. This book, um, like Kendra said, there is a lot of happy moments. So obviously, we have the Lilo wedding. You know, we have babies being born. But another big part of this book, too, is that Jonathan Hale reveals that he has, yeah. is it kidney or liver failure? One of the two. Definitely. It's definitely liver. his liver. <laughs> what did I say? Kidney? Oh, yeah. Kidney. Liver. Because of all of his alcoholism. Um, he has liver failure, and so he needs somebody to take over Hale Baby Company. And basically, he like tells all of the core six. Shot. Oh yeah. Also, he tells all of the core six that basically you're all in the running to take over this company. Is it and all of them? Or is it? I think it's just it's just. Oh, oh not Lillian Rose, but it's Daisy, no, not it's, Rose and Connor. Yeah, Rose and Connor are excited. Oh, so it's just it's his sons right. and their girlfriends. Yeah, they're that's be right. Thank his you. Daughters in law. Because, yeah, Rose and Connor already have their own stuff going on. That conversation with Jonathan and the kids, I think it's just so iconic because he did not tell a single lie. He's pretty much just telling them, like, how privileged they've been their entire lives, how they need to, like, learn how to work for something. I was like, damn, not Jonathan speaking facts. Like, Jonathan's yo-yo so much because, like, in, I would say from Hot House Flower through it, after all, me and Jonathan, we were chilling. We were cool. Feel the fire. Jonathan and I were boxing once again. But, uh, yeah, Jonathan and Dick after all, like, he was that is so funny. And like, Reich's a bum. He's right. Reich is doing nothing. Reich climbs mountains. I'm so sorry. I'll chill. Oh, yeah. Uh, Reich, Reich with no job. Reich and is the Jonathan only one. Right. Yeah. With no job. I'm like, he got a degree no in journalism. What is he What is he doing with it? 
Nothing. Yeah, quick. Tell me. Not a damn. You would think with how much that these people are in the media, Reich would be like, oh, let me put my journalism degree to use and like maybe combat it. Like he could have started like a BuzzFeed type situation, like a stable stream of income. Did nothing. Sat on his ass and climbed rocks. He got all That's those it. sports sponsorships or something. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. So oh, you mean people are fizzle? tuning in to watch free solo climbing. <laughs> the fuck? Know, physical sponsorship. I'm simply he saying. His girlfriend. Hmm. He did. You're correct. Like all of the core six, Lily and Lowe have their own businesses, right? They got their own businesses. Yes. And then obviously Rose and Connor, you know, have their own businesses, literal billionaires. Daisy has a summer camp. Even Daisy's doing more than Rake now. Yeah. I guess Daisy's yeah. thing is mostly like going to well, be. Well, the like summer camp is later. So we're, we're not there yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. Yeah. So Addict After All, like the, the plot point of them fighting for the hail coat and they're all doing it for each other because like everybody's like nobody mm-hmm. wants this fucking job so they're all trying to win it so that the other person doesn't have to deal with it like daisy's doing it for reich reich's doing it for low lily's doing it for low low's doing it for everybody like it's 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 actually pretty fun um and i just love the conclusion of it is that because low already has his comic book company but mm-hmm. it comes down to him and reich when all is said and done and he's like he and reich have a heart to heart and he's like reich i can handle this I can do this and I want to do this. Like, let me do this. And mm-hmm. that just like shows how much their relationship changed in the thrive that Reich was like, he can handle this. He can do this. So mm-hmm. Lauren And also over. Reich does the liver transplant. His dad. <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah. He does give, uh, mm-hmm. wait, isn't that late? That's not in this book. No, that's not in this one. That's in. The is that? One. No. No. no, no yeah. No, no, no. Not in. No, it is in this one. It is the long, yeah. The long way down hospital is after the other stuff. Oh yeah, he doesn't go through a liver transplant and Sully's death in in long way down. Listen, long way down. If you told me it happened in long way down, I believe you. So much <laughs> happens in that book. Like, okay. yeah, we'll get to that one eventually. But this that one does happen in this book. Okay, okay. Can we talk about the full circleness <gasps> of Lily and Lowe's relationship in this book? We have a beautiful full circle moment between Lily and Lowe on a yacht. Uh, and in the first book, their relationship officially started on the same yacht. And in Addicted After All, uh, they it's just so beautiful. Someone else mm, can describe so it because I will beautiful. fuck it up. Yeah, no, they just like, they're in the same like room that they always stayed in when they would go on this family yacht. And Lo is like talking to Lily and he's like, do you remember? Like, he's like, they're bit, like actually reminiscing about like, this is where we started um yeah and then they sleep together and Lily's like not compulsive about it and it's just like they have this like really really beautiful moment of just yeah reflecting on how far they've come and they're pregnant and it's just it's so beautiful and she's like you are enough for me Lauren mm-hmm. Hill yeah. something like that and then he surprises her with a butt plug and and lily is so excited she's like oh my gosh i'm gonna be completely full i was like yeah like why was i crying over her like receiving a butt plug i was like this is the sweetest thing oh my god yeah yeah that's a good one loves double penetration she does but basically yeah the scene ends with yeah essentially her saying that lauren is enough and i think that that's really you know a high point for lily in in her recovery and it's just really beautiful to see. 
Yeah. And on the same trip, doesn't uh, Lo and Connor have this really nice heart to heart where they're talking about fatherhood because they're both expecting. Isn't that on this oh, trip? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And, and it's because it's when Connor gives that speech when he's like, I know my kids will be better than me. Is it on this? I don't remember when it happened. I want to say it's on a boat. I know it happens on a boat. Is it? Okay. Yeah. But also on this trip, we have an iconic, a very fun moment. This is one of the moments that I think about all the time when they're playing Truth or Dare in a club. And are you you open to that one right now, Brandy? I'm open to the Truth and Dare part, yeah. Okay, yeah. And it's so fun. And I think it's Reich. Is it Reich who dares Connor to kiss Low? Yeah. He said, dare or fucking dare? God. He said, dare or fucking dare? And Connor said, I only pick the choices you're giving me. So then he says, kiss Lauren for 30 seconds. He's like, all right, deal. And you know, Reich's homophobic ass was probably like, yeah, let's see if Connor's going to kiss Lauren. (laughs) Yeah, dude, like. Yeah. Oh my God. And then Connor's like, yeah, I felt euphoric because like they already have this running joke of like them being boyfriends and like Lo will mm. always call Connor love. It's just their relationship in this book is just so cute. Their friendship just blossoms like so much in this book, especially after how traumatic things were in Thrive for them. So it's nice to see them have fun and be yeah. happy. And since yeah. since we're already talking about Connor and Lo in this book. We can skip ahead a little bit. We'll come back to the births, but we can skip ahead mm-hmm. a little bit to the part where Connor Aww. has a big heart to heart with him, not about the kids, but he basically is talking to Lo about how his relapse affected him. And he basically just comes out and says, you know, I love, I love you, Lo. You know, like he's just, oh, that scene so is so good. That's big was, for Connor. I was so mad it's at Lo massive too. for Connor. Lo made a really, really like oh shitty joke yeah because they were like talking about how they're worried about low and he was like oh we like we need to celebrate blah 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 like connor bring the glenfiddich and connor just like gets up and walks out of the room which is like obviously very much not like him like he would usually fight people or like joke around with people or whatever but like and yeah then they have that like beautiful heart to heart i just i loved their relationship so much it's my favorite non-romantic relationship in the series same. And then Barry quickly followed by Lily and Rose. Where are right? Uh, you, huh? you know, you well, you know mine, but mine is I got ringed on Twitter when I said mine, and not Twitter on I don't have Twitter on TikTok when I was like in another oh. universe. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Low, low, and Rose. Everybody close would your be ears. The hottest couple in another. Their relationship is so good. Perfect enemies to lovers. People ate me alive. I don't think they were right. Other, I totally agree. No, no, no. and then no, because then some other person made a TikTok about it like months later, and people were hyping her up in the comments. And I was like, oh, so when I said it, <laughs> it was an issue. But when this person says it, it's like, oh yeah, I totally shipped them on the low, blah blah blah. Mm, yeah, okay. you're not wrong. But Randy, think about it. In another universe, Lily also, has you to never, not be alive. Yeah, we're gonna treat this like Absolutely. fan fiction, alternate universe, AU fake. Uh, Rose and Lo, hot. The way they banter and and spar with one another, hot. They would have fucked so well. Um, going back to Connor and Lo for just a second, <laughs> I don't disagree with you, Kendra. I fully agree with you. Just saying. Thank you. But Randy's like that specific crazy. I know that specific scene when Connor tells Lo that 
he loves him and his relapse really affected him. Like Lois like shook, right? And he says, like, I don't love many people. He says, but there is no manipulation in what I feel for you. And then keep going a little bit. He says, you're my liability because I love you. And he taught, he like, you know, tells him about the night that he relapsed and how it truly affected him. Like he like, he couldn't drive. I care about you, I, what happens to you, and it's a weakness any way I look at it. Like your father once asked, what do I get out of it? Um, I told him the truth. I get your friendship, and that's all I want. And then Lo is thinking back on that, and he's like, it's like he took off some of his armor for me just to say that he loves me. And he says, um, I feel like I can breathe more easily knowing from Connor, not from Rose, that our friendship is real. And I just... I love them. I love them. So Boyfriends. Much. They're so cute. Boyfriends for real. I love them. Also, yeah. I think their relationship, I, looking back on it, I think KBR did something so smart, making them have all these like iconic heart to hearts in this mm. book, because it really sets up the plot of Fuel the Fire, which we'll get to in a little yes. bit. But I just thought that was so smartly done on their behalf. Um which I feel like I read somewhere that once they did like Hot House Flower, I think it's in the back of that book. They said that that's when they started to plot out like the rest of the series because they realized they were gonna like ha- they had a lot more stories to tell with like Rick and Daisy and Rose and Connor. So it's interesting. Yeah. I would love to see their outline of the mm-hmm. series as a whole. And then circling back to what Kayla mentioned, the the births, the babies. Um, Iconic Jane's birth in a limo. Oh, uh, Connor. So and they keep that limo. The baby and they keep the, the uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, Connor delivering the baby. And then Moffy being born was just like so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And after Moffy is born, uh, Lo says, maybe some people don't deserve second chances, but I'm worthy of this moment and this girl and this life I live and the one I created. That mm, is literally so a 180 from Lowe's thoughts mm-hmm, about himself exactly. and his life through the whole series. Like up until now, yeah. like he never felt worthy of Lily. He never felt worthy of like the life he had or love of any kind, really. And it's just, oh God, it hits yeah. me hot. I think too, um, we obviously talk a lot about Connor and Lowe's relationship, but I think Connor also really helped Lowe get to a place of that because he's, you know, so nervous about being a dad. And during Jane's birth, he basically like asks him, you know, how, how he's dealing with this because he doesn't know how he, he himself low is going to. And um, Connor basically tells him they won't be my kids essentially won't be perfect, but they will be steadfast. And And then Lowe's thinking about that. He says steadfast, a word that I would never describe myself as dependable, loyal, a constant in a world of unstable variables. It's something I die for my own children to be. And yeah, so like that quote combined with the one that you mentioned, Brandy, I think is the character growth for Lowe to think that about himself and Lily as a whole. I think it is incredible. So sad Moffy doesn't live up to it. Anyways. Um, oh, oh, oh. But the wedding, anyway. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then the wedding is just so amazing. Um, their vows are incredible. I just like... I yeah. hear that audio on TikTok all the time. Dude, from the oh, it's so good. I, I tear up every single time in every alternate universe. I know I'm in love with you. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. stop. 
Yeah. When she says, you have the purest parts of my soul. Oh, my God. I love that it's Connor who marries them. I love that, like, Moffy is at the wedding. Like, Mm -hmm. it just felt very core sexy. Like, I love the moment in this series where I feel like I'm a part of the family that they've Mm -hmm. created. And the wedding, I think, is the ultimate, like, where I I felt at the most. Yes. And this is a wedding that was done on their terms. And I love that. Yeah. Because their initial their initial wedding wasn't really going to be when they wanted it to be. It wasn't going to be because that's when they really wanted to get married. It was because other people told them. But this is the day that they picked, you know. And so I'm, it was just Beautiful. so, so happy for them. Oh, yeah. Wait, them. oh my God, you guys, we also skipped what? over... Two iconic characters join the cast full time in this book. Mm-hmm. We have Miss Willow, who we originally met in Addicted for Now, who is Lowe's little sister. And now, um, how old is she when she is in this book? Years have passed, like a few years have passed. She's, I think she's seventeen. I think she's a senior in high school. Okay, yeah, she's she's in her teens in high school. Um, and she has like ran away from home essentially, and is now in Lily, well, now in Lauren and Lily's life. Um, and then we also meet Garrison who at the beginning of this book you learned yeah you learned that these teens have been like pranking uh the house where everyone's been living and like uh, wrecking havoc like just not being friendly or kind to the core six and they have been like trying to figure out who and garrison is one of the teens um who has been messing with them and he ends up low kind of like kind of takes him under his wing and ends up mentoring him mm-hmm. and like really sees a lot of himself in Garrison because Garrison's, Garrison's just so angry at the world he just wants Garrison's to cause Garrison's just like a sober low like yeah and he like doesn't have the best home life either um so we meet Garrison in this book and it's the beginning of his and Lowe's relationship and honestly Garrison's mm-hmm. relationship with everyone mm-hmm. um and I love Garrison yeah. so much I love Willow so much I they are my third favorite couple out of mine too mine too yeah their duet's really good it's oh i love it garrison once getting inside garrison's head is and bad rep duet tells the events again from addicted after all but from garrison and willow's point of view so you get to see pretty much core six um again with from a different point of view i just repeated myself twice (laughs) love (laughs) that um yeah it's pretty good duet i think you should read it if you haven't yeah definitely so next is fuel the fire and you guys you guys can just like meet yourselves for like the next however many minutes i'll just talk the whole time it's fine no uh when we were creating like outlines for this episode i wrote down way too much you guys but i won't talk about all of it but there is so much to talk about essentially in this book rose and connor are trying to create distractions for the media they basically teamed up with the media to create distractions um to combat some of the rumors that are going around about Moffy's father, a lot, a lot of people are trying to say that, you know, Reich is the father, not low, because, you know, Billy is a sex addict and she sleeps around, blah, blah, blah. So that's going on. And also a massive plot point to this book is that Connor's sexuality is outed to the media. And not only that, it also, like, puts Rose's ability as a mother into question. Basically, the whole story is that you know, they're only in this for a business relationship and they don't actually really love each other. And that's like a big part 
Uh, yeah, they thought that book. Rose was his beard, essentially. Mm-hmm. When was Connor's sexuality first discussed in the series? Was it addicted after all where you learned that he liked both mm-hmm. men he, and women? He and, and Lo have a conversation well. about it. He and Lo actually have a conversation about it in Addicted yeah. after all. And that's when Lo learns about it. Um, and Lo also asks Connor during that same scene if Rose knows. And he's like, well, Rose has known, you know, since we yeah. were 16. Yeah. So she's known the whole time. This book, for me, it's my personal favorite in the series because I think, don't laugh at me, Kendra. You're like, oh, I'm here not she laughing. goes. Listen, for, no, 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 no. for people who don't know, Kayla loves this book so much. Like, she, to me, is like, when I think of Rose and Connor, I think of Kayla. Me she too. annotated Fuel the Fire for me, um, mm. which I thought was like, it might have been like the first piece of mail you ever sent me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and you like, I remember you were just so excited to reread it. And like, you were reading it when I was, was like still so early fun. on in the series. And I like, I, it makes me really happy with how much you love this book and yeah. them. Um, you are the expert in it. So yeah, I, that's why I'm over I've here re- smiling. Cause I'm like, this is like Kayla's book. This is yeah. house. This yeah. is, well, I, I just, I don't know what it is about this book. I think it's just the thing with Rose and Connor throughout the whole series, and I think the way everybody views them is just these pillars of strength, right? And they're, they never waver. Nothing can break them. Nothing can shake them or anything, right? And this book, exactly. And in this book, that isn't true, right? Like there's so many things that actually do break them. And you see them be incredibly vulnerable with not only each other, but with the rest of their friend group, the core six. And there's just so many like scenes that I think about um, that show their vulnerability. The ones that come to mind immediately are the, is the, I think the big one for everybody is the closet scene. Uh, When she says, I can hear our hearts breaking, right? Like that's a massive one. And that scene for context happens. Um, I know the chapter, it's chapter 35. I think. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the and, um, and uh, it, for context, right before the chapter, right before is when um, we learn that Cotter has been outed and Rose just like needs a minute because again, at the same time, People are basically calling them a business relationship, not a real relationship. And so that like breaks her, right? She hates to not only see Connor. What are you laughing at now? Oh, (laughs) I remember this so clearly. Kayla wrote on chapter 35, AKA buckle up. Truly. Keeping in mind that chapter 34 is when I really needed to buckle up. So I was like, she set me up. (laughs) Oh my I'm god. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Um but it's it's Rose just like needs a second because she's seeing all of this unfold, right? And she's being told by PR people and everything of what they should do and whatnot. She's just like, I just like leave me alone. So she just goes to the corner or the closet, excuse me, and she just breaks down in the closet and she's like screaming into these coats of hers and also this is also a a callback I can't remember which book it is but yeah I don't recall which book it is but it's mentioned in the series that Rose whenever she needs a second to herself just to gather her thoughts and be vulnerable and scream essentially she goes to the closet and so that's like a, a thing for her that she does and 
Connor is trying to reassure her, you know, that you're safe with me. And the whole quote is, she says, I can hear our hearts breaking. And then he says, I'll shield your ears from the sound of heartbreak. She says, and what happens when I ache to hear your voice? He says, I'll whisper beyond every anguish sound. You will always hear me no matter where I am. Dude, I was like whole body sobbing during this scene so good i think this book has the best writing in the series to be honest like the way that connor and rose describe each other describe their feelings oh my god yes it's just like on 10 like it's just so beautiful like that scene that quote you just read like that's beautiful and i could just picture them perfectly in that closet together Mm -hmm. like in the dark like holding each other yeah it was just done so well and and then the quote that's like on that same page when he said, I will die with you when we are old and withered and gray and I'll live with you every day until then. This is what I'll always choose. Oh. See, the twins were writing down. Like, they, they have it in them. I don't know where and it goes then she says, but it's there. And what does she say? What does she say next, Brandy? Yes, darling, I will die with you, but not today. Yes. It's so cute. I not just cute they're more than cute but anyway you get me so that's like one major scene like that I think of that shows their vulnerability another one for me this is more Connor is um he has been trying to essentially lure Scott into admitting his wrongdoings oh yeah Scott is a big character in this book Scott is a massive character in this book unfortunately he's now their neighbor in this book Mm -hmm. um and a big part of what Connor is doing, like I said, is trying to basically like and getting him to admit somehow the wrongdoings that he is he's done, the things that have occurred, trying to get him out of their lives. And so he does this by kind of shifting his personality. Connor's kind of a chameleon. He can kind of shift his personality to whatever suits. Kind of. He's like he can. He's a genius. I got it. He's yeah. Um, so he's like <laughs> pretending to be this like big frat bro, you know, whatever. And so one thing that Scott basically does to essentially test him is to get him to watch him and Rose's tapes that Scott got illegally. And um, during this, these all of these things that are happening with Scott, we have this internal monologue continuing with Connor where he's like constantly thinking about Rose he's thinking about what Rose would do and making sure that he has her voice in his head, right? So he knows, he's constantly reminded why he's doing this. And so when he finishes doing that with Scott, he like comes to Rose and he's just like full body sobbing, like crying. He's just like, I'm so sorry. Like I did this and I'm, it's, it's just, it's a really sad moment. And Rose is always like, she's just, she's basically just reassuring Connor right? Like, you know, I will always love you, essentially. And then he says, he says, I've been spilled open. I've been spilled bare. I've allowed her spirit to seep inside of me to remind me, remind me why I love. And again, like going back to Kiss the Sky, he's constantly pushed against admitting love to anybody. And so now in this book, we see him fully embrace love, basically. And so he's, he's constantly with, with having Rose in his head, he's just like, she always reminds me why I do this. And I love, like, I just, I'm obsessed with that. At the end of that scene, uh, she asked him, like, what else do you need? And he was like, a break, which leads them to the cabin for the first yeah. time. That scene is so fun. That's just like, an, again, a nice reprieve. Yes, it's so yeah. nice. 
they do anal for the first time in that scene too. <laughs> this book is like very sad. Like it's a very sad book, but there are so many fun scenes in this book. Like you have Connor's mm-hmm. birthday, which is really fun. There are a lot of great like smut scenes in this book. And oh my god, one of the things that makes like Fool of Fire really stand out to me is you really get like an insight into like their marriage and like how it works and like them as parents. Um, cause I feel like in, in Addicted after all, it was like the build up to the marriage and like the build up to the babies and like, you get like a little glimpse of them being parents, but like, they're so small, but in Feel the Fire, like you really sit down with them, like in their marriage and as parents now and like seeing those little moments are just so good. Yeah. Um, one, another fun scene that comes to mind, just like, I guess this is more like heartwarming is Christmas when Connor oh, yeah. gives everybody books that he annotated for them because he asks them he like asked them in a previous book their favorite book and then he gives them those books back but annotated uh-huh. and I think when he gives it to Rose I don't have the quote right in front of me but I, I know this so um he's he's like he says to her like hear my he writes in the book I should say like hear my soul speak or something like that and I just oh my god oh, what a thoughtful so king um, and them. one thing that is so big in Fool the Fire, which I think makes it such a painful, I mean, I'm like, oh, there's so many happy moments, but like, no, it is very painful. It's, yeah, um, it's it, but it is like the discussion on Connor's sexuality, which I thought was handled mm-hmm. with a lot of care um, because he is out to the media and they're like pressuring him to kind of pick a label for himself. They're like, what are you like? Are you gay? Are you bi? Are you like, just explain yourself. And he's like, well, I don't fit into any of that. Um, and there is a moment where he's talking to Rose and he's like, well, I think I'm going to just get, go to this press conference and I'm going to say that I'm queer. Like, I think that would be, if I had to pick one, that's what I would fall under. And um, I don't remember exactly what Rose says, but she pretty much is like, no, like if you don't feel that, like, don't go up there and lie. Like you need to be mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Um, and unlabeled people don't get a lot of representation. And oftentimes when they do, they're told that they are invalid. Like, we are so quick to put people in boxes when it comes to their sexuality. I don't know. It just makes me very happy that Connor at the end was still able to stand true in his sexuality and be like, no, like I am unlabeled and that's valid. And it just, it made me very, very happy because I've only ever read about one other fictional character getting to, who was also unlabeled and getting to stand tall in that. Um, And Connor was the second. So the first one is, is Simon Snow, but um, Connor is uh, I don't know the way they handle sexuality just meant a lot to me and I gotta give the twins that they mm-hmm. they ate down also they do anal in this book like Brandy mentioned earlier yeah, which exactly. was just so, it was such a good scene what is Kayla what does Rose say when they're doing anal mount the fuck out of me mount the fuck out of me <laughs> so you get you get Dom Connor mounting the yeah. fuck out of Rose while doing anal. And you know what? Me, I'm hyping up the twins. No, now I'm about to cuss the twins out because they go to a sex store in this book to like buy, um, was it a plug that they bought? Uh-huh. Yeah, they buy a plug. Yeah. Why don't we see them use it? We don't. We don't see them use it. We're but just told in retrospect. They using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. I don't want to talk about it. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> like... Don't deprive me. Um, yeah. The way that they think about each other, the way that they describe each other, like the, the way they describe their feelings about each other, like it's just so stunning. And like those evil twins, as mentioned, like talk about how hard it is to write 
Rose and Connor for them. It's so difficult for them to write Rose and Connor. I was like, why did you write them so fucking good then? They like, write them exactly. so yeah. Like, almost too good. Like, oh, my God. That's why I, like, want to sit down and have a conversation with them. Like, show me your outlines. Like, show me how you build these scenes. Because it's just, it's really beautiful when it's, like, just perfect. Oh. Yeah. I'll I'll keep this portion brief since we're already going long. Um, but I also love in this book seeing Rose and Connor parent Jane. Mm-hmm. And the amount of love, like, I just... Not only, like, the amount of love that they have for each other, I think, is in equal parts the love that they have for their children. And Connor, as a dad, is, like, something that I never really, like, when I first started the series, never really knew that I needed. Like, he wishes only the best for his children and better than him, better than what he has. You know what I mean? Like, there's a scene with Jane in the elevator where he's just, like, whispering to her as she's just a little baby. You know, she doesn't understand a word he's saying. And he's just, like, talking to her, like, saying, like, you know, one day, um, Jane, you you will surpass me in all ways. I hope all of you do. And he's talking about all of his kids. And it's just, That is also a massive plot point in this book. It's, like, Rose and Connor want more kids, but they don't know Mm -hmm. if they feel like they can bring kids into the world that they live in. Now that they Mm -hmm. know what it's like to try to protect Jane from the media from people who yeah. want to know too much about her, what want to be part of their lives when in an uncomfortable and, you know, gross way. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, can we, can we do this? Like, is it ethical almost is what they're asking themselves. Yeah. Rose literally gets her hair ripped out. Which and to one of my favorite smudges. I know. I, I was just going to say that. I know that's your favorite one. <laughs> one of the last scenes in this book is, uh, Connor's press conference to the media and again like Kendra had said you know Rose is basically telling Connor to say really what he wants to say not what people are telling him to say the press conference begins with him talking to them about Rose and how much he does love her the quote that sticks out to me there is he says every day of my life I am enamored every day of my life I am bewitched and every day of my life I spend with her like if that's not like love, bro, I don't know what is, right? And then again, to kind of address his um, being unlabeled, he just says simply, I am, I am, I am. And it's a quote from somebody else, but he uses that to kind of just say, I am what I am, right? Um, and that's, I think, just really sums up who Connor is. And then again, at the very end in his head, he says, I don't need their understanding but my daughter will. And I hope the minds of her peers are wide open with vibrant hues of passion. I hope they all paint the world with color. And that's kind of how that portion of the book. And, and I don't know, I was just really proud of Connor in that moment. I don't ever expect Connor to be anybody, to be anybody else but himself, but with the pressures that he was facing to do what he thought might've been better for his family, you know, in that moment and shield them from like, different media attention that he didn't want but he was still he still chose to do what he knew was right for him and so that's why yeah, I like he's being, like my king love being it. out it i think is one of the worst things that a person can go through so where like the events of this long way down is the next book in the series and there are a lot of traumatic things that happen in that book 
Um, but I still think Connor being outed is by far one of the most Worst horrific things, things to happen in, in this, this entire series. series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you learn that it was actually Jonathan Hale who felt so threatened by Connor's presence in Lauren's life. <sighs> Jonathan was the one who outed nope. him. Which, again, and I think after all, I'm like, oh, like me and Jonathan are chilling and then fueled fire. I'm like, Jonathan can literally choke. And the like pretty irredeemable thing. for that one. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then also I do want to say, I know earlier I was like, oh, right, homophobic. I know he's not. It's just fun to joke about <laughs> it. Because in this book, I actually do really appreciate Reich's character yeah, because yeah. if there was someone who I was worried about who would react to Connor negatively, it was Reich. But then we actually see Reich's Reich was just there for Connor when Connor really needed him in this book. And mm-hmm. uh, one thing that I love about Reich so much is that. Uh, we've talked about this a lot where Lo always tries to like see the good in Jonathan and like it's always trying to be like but, but he's my dad or even like with uh, Rose and Lily like oh but she's our mom like Reich is very like no these are fucked up people they did fucked up things you guys need to like hold them accountable yeah. and I love that in Feel the Fire when they're like all having that dinner with the families Reich is like no like I don't want to forgive him like I don't want to yeah. like accept him yeah. back in my life like he was just so steadfast in that and I <sighs> I don't know. I, I got to give Reich flowers when flowers are due because he, yeah, he he's just such, he's even good. though him and Connor go back and forth all the time, um, he's such an incredible friend to, yes. to Connor and there for him. Yeah, absolutely. Just like we talked about this in the last episode, every single relationship that can possibly exist in the core six mm-hmm. is so great. And this is also the book where the hot temper triad is born. Um, so. I think it's yeah. always been there, but I think that's where yeah. it's officially given it's a name. name. Lily Day, Rose, yeah. Reich, yeah. and Amazing. We love them. We love them. Um, this book ends with Rose and Connor moving out and getting their own place. And it's, ve- it's a very emotional scene because all the girls are crying and all the guys are like, what is We're wrong? moving down the street. <laughs> yeah. They're literally moving yeah. down the street. And so they move out. And then in the epilogue, or maybe I switched those two around, but in one of the last chapters, then they do agree that they will have uh, more children. In basically at the end when they do move out, um, Rose is essentially like asking Connor, what do you hear in this house? Like, what do you hear happening? And he basically just like runs through what he sees in their future, which is like alarm clocks beeping during school days in many rooms. They keep ringing at different intervals. And he's like, well, you know, who wakes them up, me or you. And they just kind of talk about like what they see in their future. And then uh, at the very end of the book, he says, I hear alarm clocks beeping, laughter in the kitchen, yelling by the pool. I listen to the vigorous pulse of our future roaring with life. And so it basically just affirms that they are just going to be one massive cobalt empire and that they, you know, screw essentially like what this world is going to do to them as long as they know what's good for their family and i think what they really want for their family is just more more in their family they want more more kids more laughter more noises more everything which is crazy because like you know look at rose and connor from when they started i know rose didn't want kids at all and now she's like yeah Yeah. oh god she pops out so oh and you know another a character that has a lot of big moments in this book is actually Daisy. Um, so at the beginning Needs of the well, I don't know, it's not, yeah, it's not really at the beginning, but Connor comes out to Daisy in this book mm-hmm. before he comes out really to anyone else, um, which I think sets up 
how their relationship plays out through the rest of the series really well. Mm-hmm. And then also in this book, you learn that Daisy actually uh, is struggling with, is it, endo- what does she have, endometritis? I forget if they actually give it a name. But it'll be hard for her to have a kid. It's very unlikely. That I she don't remember have a kid. what it is. Yeah. I what is it endometriosis? Because I she has like period pains, like or she mm-hmm. like doesn't get a period. It's something with her period, um, and it's when they're all she at has the cabin. Fertility together, issues. Yeah, yeah, she has fertility issues, and when they're all at the cabin, she like breaks down, and it's actually very, very sad. It's a great sister when it happens. Scene. Yeah, yeah, and that does lead into the long way down, which is the ninth book, Rike and Daisies last book and i asked myself why did they choose to end it with rike and daisy all the time i ask my that myself that every day yeah basically this book is too long but in our opinion but essentially this book raisy or yeah raisy just goes through a lot daisy has ptsd she's got fertility issues and if she gets pregnant it's very high risk and then meanwhile rike is well, I guess Reich is still in the, in the beginning of this book. He's just chilling, trying to free solo. Yeah, that's no like <laughs> he's, he's just like oh, fucking Daisy God. in the woods, recording it, yep. which I thought was actually in that the actually that very part hot. is so hot. <laughs> it was that's hot. Actually good. That is a good one. He like records it and then hands her the phone so she can watch in real time. That is a good like, one. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Um, and so we learn that Reich and Daisy do want to try for a baby, but again, it is high risk, and so the people that learn about it are not pleased when they learn that Reich and Daisy are going to try naturally to have their own kid. And uh, specifically Connor. Connor is not happy. He's like, um, you guys, you know that we like, love you. Yeah. yeah. Your lives have value. You have other avenues that you could take to have a child. Why aren't you choosing those? But they yeah, really, really Rose had already offered, kid. right, to mm-hmm. carry the baby. The reason why they like keep testing Reich about this is because Reich is a free solo climber. He has what is arguably the most dangerous like s- sports profession in the world, can die on any climb, and he's like, I want to have a kid. You need to go get a job. Go <laughs> sit in an office, and then we can talk about you having a baby. Oh, my gosh. He frustrates yeah. me so much sometimes. Yeah, um, but Daisy and Reich also get engaged in this book. Pretty early mm-hmm. on, I want to say. Really early. It's, actually, it's a First sweet engagement. Yeah, yeah I, I really liked it. Yeah, they're free solo crime and they're dealing with this infertility. And then they're, I'm actually so pissed at how amazing their wedding was, especially knowing we didn't get a Kabbalah wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to throw that last bit in there. I don't need to be reminded. Yeah. I um, really don't. I just can't believe that their song is Sweet Disposition. I that is like one of my favorite songs. Like I love it so much. It's so good. Yeah, it's and, annoying. and of course it's their song. <laughs> like honestly, like one of my favorite Reich and Daisy scene in the whole series is them the night before their wedding practicing their wedding dance to Sweet Disposition in their hotel room, and they're just like swinging around and laughing. And Reich is like, "I'm so fucking in love with you." Like, no. Yeah, they, they do love each other very much. I will say that. Yeah. I think during the rehearsal dinner, I don't, I don't. It's during that wedding time. It's but, a great um, run of chapters around their yeah, wedding. Yeah, it is. I think it's Daisy who says it's impossible to forget the kind of love that rattles my bones and screams, "I am alive every single day of my life." And I thought that that was those. I'll, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. I'll give it. 
Oh, you're talking about Yeah. And then on their wedding day, when she comes down the aisle with her blonde hair, because she's realized that that is what suits her, like that's what she feels. And like, so that's how she feels the most herself. Mm-hmm. And that's how she wanted to feel on their wedding day. Ah, I love it. Bro, didn't they get married at like sunrise? They did something that at- was. It, it was sunset or sunrise. <laughs> it was very them. It was yeah, very them. They had a they had a destination wedding. They um, did. South they were America. In, that? Yeah, they were in South America because Reich was also mm-hmm. going to go on a climb shortly right. after the wedding. Uh, what a dummy! Um, and then we get <laughs> Reich's during the wedding. We get what is uh, arguably <sighs> Reich's most controversial moment. Controversial moment in the entire series, which turns a lot of people oh, off. Of oh Reich. my god! I forgot. Um, <laughs> It's ingrained Let's in my discuss. memory, and it's in the vows. And so, during Reich's vows, he admits that he has been in love to the to the whole wedding. He goes, "I've been Out in loud. love with you since you were since you were sixteen years old." Um, and when I first read it, because okay, there's a big allegation with Reich on the internet that he groomed Daisy. So, with that allegation in my head, I thought that we were going to get something very much worse than what that was. So, when I first read the vows, I was like, "That's it, like." It's still creepy. He shouldn't have said it. But I don't agree with people when they're like, oh, Reich was a groomer because he does not fit. That was not a grooming relationship whatsoever. Like that, no, like yeah. look up what a groomer yeah. actually is. That's not no, yeah. Reich. That's not they him. just have a, a large age gap that is questionable at times, but it's not a, a grooming um, situation. So when I got to Vows, I was like, oh, okay. But now looking back at it, I'm like, Reich, sweetie, you could have just told Daisy that in the comfort of your own home with no one else around, why did you admit it in front of all your friends and all your family with low standing right there who used to like antagonize you for, he used to think like, oh, Reich must be in love with her. Embarrassing, yeah. I'm not, I was not in love with her, blah, blah, blah. No, he said that he uh, was in love with her since she was 16 and the people who really hate Reich, like they, that's a reason why they hate him so much. I blame that on yeah. the twins because I'm like, they could have, yeah, no, why did they just, put like, that in there? It didn't even like really fit his like, character. Yeah. It didn't even really feel like something Reich would say given what we learned in House Flower and Thrive and like mm-hmm. everywhere else. I was just like, why did they say that? Especially because it's not that type of, it, he's not Zeus Garrow, right? He can't be like, I was in love with you since 17. <laughs> So it, it's just not part of the book. So I was like, why'd you say this? And like, it's just so crazy too, because like, they, A, didn't need to exist. B, it added nothing. Like we already believed that they were in love. You didn't need to tell us that. And yeah, I don't know. He could have even said like, if they wanted to put something in there about how long their relationship has been going on, like before it was even like sexual or whatever. Like he could have said like, I've cared for you so deeply and I fell in love with you. Yeah. Whatever yeah. at this time. Like he said, I was, I've been in love with you from that day. And, and he was reflecting a memory when she was fucking 60. It's crazy. Yikes. It's crazy. But after their wedding, he does this huge climb in Peru with one of his groomsmen, Sully. Yeah. Rip. And fortunately, rip. this is where the good times stop. <laughs> And like Rip Sully, um, the, obviously tragedy strikes during the uh, the climb, and Sully dies, and Reich is like very, very, very badly injured. Yeah. And Daisy and- is pregnant at this point. Oh yeah, we learned Daisy. She got pregnant, I think, before the wedding. Mm-hmm. So 
which is a miracle. She, Happy for her. It is a miracle. She and Connor and Lo, I think, literally hear about Reg's accident, like, on the radio. Or, like, they turn on the radio or something like yeah. that. And then they hear about Reg's accident. And I think he was even pronounced dead at one point. But they yeah, were yeah, on they the didn't, radio, they, they pronounced him dead. Died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see yeah. Connor and Lo react to, like, them. Oh, God. And that's why I'm just like, Krista and Becca, like, I hate fakeouts in books so much when, like, they're not, there are so many fakeouts in this fucking book. And that one really just, like, grinds my gear so much. Because to see Connor, I love pain. We've established that. But that pain was not fun, seeing them think that he was dead. Because I knew he wasn't going to be nope. dead. So it's like, why yeah. even make us sit through that? Yeah. There's, so obviously Reich is not dead. And I remember distinctly thinking that Daisy was gonna miscarriage but she oh i thought she that did too. not the whole book i was yeah. like waiting for her no. there's there's a great moment though in the hospital where um we've always talked about how there's always one really like relationships in the core six you can connect each one of them to each other but connor and reich i think is a really underrated one and connor is basically just telling reich listen like I, I know who I am. Like, I'm an extraordinary man with so many talents, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but I need I need you. You know what I mean? And I think that that, again, is a really vulnerable moment from Connor, especially, like, Reich doesn't see that too often. And I think in that moment, Reich is also realizing what Connor is telling him. He's telling him that he needs to be selfish in his life and think about himself and think about um, – or excuse me, he's telling him to be, yeah, he's telling him to be less selfless, so selfish. And um, he's telling him to think about really how this, what he's doing is affecting him and could affect his future family that he now has. He has Daisy, he's married to Daisy now, and he has a kid. And so he's telling him to really think about that. And um, he's about to have a kid. He's yeah. about to have a good, yeah. Because Reich just wants to fucking die. Like, he's just so mm-hmm. incredibly upset about losing one of his best friends of all time. Yep. And he's just, like, yeah. so injured and obviously traumatized yep. from watching. Like, Sally died in his arms, so. Yeah, yeah it's, it also, is really, like, it's traumatizing. In this book, um, Connor and Rose's world is expanding a little more because you learn that they're mm-hmm. expecting twins. And I don't know when this happens, but isn't there a conversation where happens? Well, you learn that Connor would trust his kids, like if something were to happen to him and Rose with Reich and Daisy mm-hmm. over Lily and Lo, which I thought I, I mean, and I Lily and Lo were incredible. like cool, and it was a conversation yeah. because because Lily and Lo were like we would want to leave them to Reich and Daisy. Rose and Connor were like we're gonna leave them to or no wait sorry. Rose and Connor are like, we're going to leave them to Reich and Daisy. And then Lily and Lo were like, we're going to leave them to Rose and Connor. And then mm-hmm. Daisy and Reich were like, if something happens to us, we want to leave our dog coconut with Lily <laughs> and Lo. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, before the wedding, all that, we got to talk about the most embarrassing moment from this. Oh movie. God. They're at a New Go Year's ahead. party. Yeah. Okay, I think it's Christmas. All, is it, it's, they're at some holiday it's, party. It's a holiday in December. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's all caked up like having a grand old time together and i think lo wanted to take like a photo or view something on reich's phone (laughs) so lo unlocks reich's phone goes into his camera roll to get whatever he needed to get and what does he see 
and play the out video. for the whole room the video of Riker uh, Baby fucking in uh, the woods from earlier in the book. And when I tell you that was the most embarrassing thing, KBR loves to do it. Why? Why They'll was that necessary? Do you think for KBR? <laughs> Bro, because they just, get off on embarrassing their characters. They do. Like, it was so embarrassing, and like I just I felt kind of honestly bad for Daisy because it's just like this girl has been through enough. Like, First, you have live. you have Connor walking in on her getting a facial, okay, that she did not plan for, and then you have her brother in law seeing her having sex with his brother. Like, <sighs> Yeah. She can't catch a break. Bad. Bad. Poor, poor girl. Yeah. So yeah, Sully yeah, so Sully died. Reich almost died, was in the hospital. When does Daisy what happens with Daisy and the baby? Because that was really scary too. Yeah. When another fake out when Reich is having a panic attack thinking that Daisy's gonna fucking die yeah. and be left alone to be a single parent. Well he so she, her birth is very high risk. Um and mm-hmm. It just it goes really poorly and she's losing a lot of blood. They have to rush her in. Yeah. And I have this quote tab where Reich said, I finally talk my voice low and raw. And he's talking to Sully, like baby, who they've named Sully. They're talking to the baby. And he's like, I'll never love you any fucking less. Whatever happens, she wouldn't want that. Even if and then he said, mm. I can't fucking say it, even if it's just you and me. Oh. 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 That is a good oh. one, I guess. In conjunction with all of that, like with Daisy's birth being high risk, the the period between Sully's death and Daisy giving birth, um, Reich is also struggling, not only is he struggling with Sully's death, but he's also like, you know, he also got really injured, right? So he's having to take all these painkillers. And there's also a point like in this book where Lo is having to play the role that Reich played for him when he was oh, going yeah. through recovery. And um, he's basically, Lowe is basically ensuring that, that Lowe, or excuse me, Lowe is basically ensuring that Reich doesn't get addicted to painkillers. Which I thought and, was just so not handled with care or like not enough mm-hmm. care. Like this book takes place over like almost two years in Reich and Daisy's and like the core six's life. And seeing Reich struggle with addiction I thought would have been such a good storyline to like really spend time with like oh roles reverse and then it's like oh it's I'm just gonna it's give all it pretty quick line. yeah and I was it like, is what it almost kind of was like the narrative that like Reich was strong enough to deal with it and Lowe wasn't when that's not yeah. how addiction mm. works at all yeah. definitely not I, I will say though that this the the things that Lowe said I guess just like as a brother I really loved like when he's telling him like um you were patient with me, right? So, like, me doing this right now is me being patient with you. And, like, because he's basically, like, trying to get him to just, to like, get up and do something. That's literally what I think that happens during that scene. Yeah. And so, I, while it is resolved quickly, and I wish it was explored more, even though this is already a long enough book as is, um, I, I do think that the moments, the brother moments that come out of that are still really good but yeah sully's birth is like super traumatizing obviously daisy lives yeah and she is fine but she can't have another baby on her own she's oh they gave her like a full hysterectomy hysterectomy. yep yeah so but they they're like so happy with their little family of three for the time being um and they're just so happy and the end of this book honestly like really punched me in the gut like oh it's so good it's so good like there are so many good quotes at the end of this book where like daisy said 
I want to say in the end, but maybe this is still the middle. In the middle, I've watched Lil Become Sober. I've watched Lily Curb a Relentless Addiction. I've watched Rose blaze her own trail and put fire to stereotypes. And I've watched Connor fall in love with more than just himself. I've watched Rife Meadows unclip his shackles and rise again. And me, I discovered who I am. Like that is such a good quote. And then that epilogue, really, I was not expecting the time jump. I was really No, neither was I. I think that that, honestly, because, again, this book was too long. I think there are a lot of random plot points in this book. Like, you mm-hmm. had Reich and Daisy. Like, th- th- um, they kept getting flower bombed, the core six. This was, like, a, a plot point in yeah. this book. So they wanted to, like, figure out, like, who was flower bombing them. I thought it was kind of stupid, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had them that. like You had them, like, staking out. And then it was just, like, a lot of these random moments. I think, like... KBR was just trying to stuff in as much as possible because this technically was supposed to be the end of the series and that's why we get that amazing epilogue at the end where they jump forward like 13 years and you see everyone like established in their families um and so many fucking kids I so at this point in time I only knew that Rose and Connor were gonna have seven kids that's all I knew about the kids so when I get to this epilogue and I learned that Lily and Lowe had four, no, they have four kids. Yeah. 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 Four kids. I was shook. I was like, no, no, no. Are you a kid? You're, he's come so far. And, the, and he's 13 the, years. 13, so this epilogue yeah. is from Reich's point of view. So Reich's pride in his brother so filled beautiful. me with so much pride because yeah, you get in that moment of like Lowe's been 13 years sober, like. I felt just so happy and you just see all the families together at the cabin and it was just so like if we never got some kind of perfect I would say that epilogue was just like a really good way to end the series as a whole yeah thank thank god oh and then in the epilogue you learned that Rose carried a baby that she actually did carry a baby for um Mm -hmm. Daisy and Reich which again Rose sister of the year she's truly truly the best sister of the year Oh my sure. gosh. Also, um, circling back, with Sully's death, did you guys know Sully was going to die going in? Because I knew. Or like, I didn't know mm-hmm. how he was going to die, but I had a feeling that he had to have died because I knew that they named their baby Sully from the Like oh, Us yeah. series. Mm. And my I friend, didn't know. When I was reading this book, because Sully's a very controversial char- character in the Like Us series, and I was reading- The baby Sully, yeah. Yeah, the baby Sully. Uh, when I was reading Long Way Down, my friend Carrie goes, the wrong Sully died. Oh, God. Bro. <laughs> the wrong oh, Sully died in the Long Way Down, <laughs> which like I thought was so funny. Um, very dark, but yeah, Sully's a very controversial controversial <laughs> kid. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I knew. So I feel like when he died, his death didn't have that big of an, like, it was still sad, but I wasn't like thrown off guard or anything. I gotta be so honest with you. I was not having a great time in this book. I, I was like a little bit skimming <laughs> and then I was whoa. like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I had to go back and I was like, oh, yeah, you're like, hold God. on. That's like, what you did. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about them climbing this mountain right now. And then I was like, hold on. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. actually so funny. That's funny. Oh my god, Brandy, I want to get you a shirt that says "Number One Razy Hater." I think you should put that in your bio on Instagram. Like, I I'm hate not trying Ra- to get attacked in the DMs. Wait, you know how uh, Lily would try to like hype up Rike and Daisy? Like, she would support crazy them online. Crazy, you, Brandy, were the people online like talking shit. They were <laughs> Lily was combating <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I just, I'm too, like, 
Logan, if you're listening, I am so sorry. Yeah. I can't think of any uh, of my oh. other friends who are racist. Uh, Sahara. Oh, Sahara. I'm Sahara so sorry. Um, Actually, yeah, I'm, a lot of my mutuals are Razy people, which like respect, but I, I don't, I personally. I'm so, I love that for you. I really do. Yeah. I really do. And I, I love it and respect you and your opinions. Um, I think Rike as a character aesthetically is like he's a good man like oh, yeah. hot, oh, that fan like, cast dream His yeah fan cast? the fan cast honestly i he's wonder so if hot. a lot of the love comes from the fan cast because i will say his oh, fan yeah. cast, a, it's the best his fan one cast is an original too right like that's one that mm-hmm. pbr picked out mm-hmm. and he stuck around the whole time low has gone through a few fan casts i personally mm-hmm. love the fan cast that is currently the low fan cast um xavier is a perfect fan cast but yeah i i really love a lot of the fan cast for this one but yeah. All right. So moving on to the last book in the series, which is technically like an epilogue novel. This uh, book spans 10 years, essentially, from the end of Long Way Down all the way to 10 years later. And the epilogue in Some Kind of Perfect is the same epilogue that's in uh, Long Way Down. And we could spend, I said this before, I think, but we could spend an entire episode going through like all the chapters in this book but we're not going to do that like we did with the previous books because there's not really a specific overarching plot in this book it's really just about the core six raising their kids basically and it's just like you could pick out something from literally every single chapter of this book to love and like we all have our books with us right now and like just here it's like the amount of tabs and highlights that we all have is actually insane um like i'm just like scrolling through and like i swear every single page has something in it but i think we're just gonna go like each talk about like our favorite kids and maybe like a couple specific moments because like i said there's just not really an overarching plot um and you could pick out something from everywhere. There are 13 cousins, which is crazy, right? So like Kendra mentioned when we were talking about The Long Way Down in that epilogue, we find out that Lily and Lo had four kids, which of course they were terrified when they got pregnant to even have one. So the fact that they intentionally went and like felt like they could bring more kids into the world and be good enough parents for them. Oh my God. So there's four for Lily and Lo. There is Moffy, Luna, Xander, and... Kinney. Kinney. Mm-hmm. Kinney, yes. Um, so cute. And then the Cobalts have seven. Um, ooh, Kayla, name them. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm going to look like such a fake fan if I don't. Okay, okay, I got this, you guys. I got this. We got Jane, the twins, Charlie and Beckett. We have Tom. We have Elliot. We have Ben. And we have Audrey. Yeah. Oh, you did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I passed the test. We're going okay, in good. age order, too. We're saying these all in age order. And was then, that an age order? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think yeah. I messed up. No. Nope. Did I? Okay. Cool. 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 Thank you. No. Nope, okay. Someone's gonna be yeah. like, no, that was wrong. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, and then um, again, we mentioned this when we were talking about the long way down. Um, of course, we saw Sully be born in the long way down for Reich and Daisy's child. Um, so Sully was born, and then in some kind of perfect, we watch Rose carry their um, second baby, Winona um as a surrogate and it it's a very beautiful plot point in this so they have two kids they have Sully and Winona yeah and that's there's well technically I guess there's 14 cousins because we got to count 
Willow and Garrison's baby too. Oh my god, you're so right. How dare I? Why am I forgetting yeah. her name? Vanna. Me too. Vanna. Vanna, you're right, you're right. Thank yes. you, thank you. Oh yeah, because you know, my girl. This... That was their thing. Yeah. Their thing was oh, my girl. Right. I can't remember if you learned this in the bad rep duet or in some kind of perfect, but the reason that they only have one kid is because Garrison had a horrible relationship with his brothers and they agreed that they were just going to have one yeah. child. So they they just had Vanna and that was their family. Oh. And same with Willow. Like she um, didn't really have the best relationship with her sibling either. Well, outside of Lowe. So I really like mm-hmm. that they made that decision. Because yeah, you, everyone else around them was like, baby, 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 baby. Like mm-hmm. it was a lot. <laughs> you know, one thing about this book is you hardly ever, if ever, see Rose not pregnant. <laughs> no. Li- she's, she's, <laughs> she stays pregnant. She you know how people pregnant. were like, Aesop Rocky, like, you need to get off Rihanna? Like, if Rose <laughs> and Connor were real people, we would have been like, Connor, like, get off of her. Like, give her a break. She's never not pregnant. Like, it's never. scary. Yeah. There are some great moments of her pregnancy and her, like, the births of all the kids. And yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's, do you guys have, let's talk about favorite kids. So um, mm-hmm. we're talking specifically in Some Kind of Perfect. We've read some Like Us books. Mm-hmm. Um, no comment, but let's talk. <laughs> okay, we aren't commenting. <laughs> this, we're, we don't, we do not like the Like Us series. We like Jane's books, but mm. um, I also really like Charming Like Us. I'm sorry. I'm, t- stay on track. On track. For your guys' favorite kids in Some Kind of Perfect. <laughs> Kayla, you go first. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think it's really a big old shocker to anybody, but um, Jane, I think like if I have to pick like my top like two, it's Jane and Charlie. Um, I love Jane. I just, I think what I enjoyed about Jane was that they didn't try to make her a mini Rose or a mini Connor. They, they made her her own person and Connor and Rose really allowed her to be that. Cause she's kind of eccentric, especially when it comes to like fashion and whatnot. And I also love the relationship that you see between Jane and Sadie, their cat. That scene when Sadie dies, (laughs) she finds her in the closet. Love that scene. And then Charlie, um, I really love, I mean, Charlie is kind of like a mini Connor, but I, there's a scene in some kind of perfect when Charlie um, is having trouble with people at school. And the thing like that you kind of learn about Charlie is that while Connor is like a chameleon and able to adapt to different people, Charlie's not really able to do that. He just always is who he is all the time. And people, lots of people don't like that. And so um, Connor kind of has a conversation with him about that. And I love the relationship between Charlie and Connor. And I think you even see that a lot through the Like Us books where Connor is just kind of like guiding him and Charlie's constantly leaning on him. I won't spoil too much of that series because there's a lot, well, we don't even have Charlie book yet, but anyway. Um, so those are my favorite kids, but I also love in this book, I love uh, Xander. I love Beckett. I love, uh, I do like Moffy in this book, but not in the rest of the series. Um, I love, I love the two troublemakers, Tom and Elliot. Yeah, I, those are, I basically just like named almost all the children. Yeah, you're like, I love every <laughs> single kid. I love, I love, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. I think my favorite kid in this book is probably well the kid that I connected with the most is Luna. Mm-hmm. I think oh my god, how scene, can I forget Luna? 
I think of the scene with Luna going to that mm-hmm. sleepover. What was that bitch's name? That little kid? She has like an awful name. She um, does. She's, what is her name? I'm gonna go find it. So she goes to the sleepover with this like horrible kid from her school and they prank her and they like make her pee herself and they write, um, what do they write on her head? Weirdo. Like weirdo? They write, yeah. yeah, they write weirdo, weirdo in her head on, on, Sharpie. on in Sharpie. Are you kidding me? She's like a five six year old kid and at this moment like Lowe's like struggling with his sobriety because Jonathan just died again so he well again Jonathan just died <laughs> um I think about that scene all the time too the mom of this girl realizes that like they bullied Luna so she calls uh Lowe and Lily and Lowe goes to like pick her up because they all live in the same neighborhood and it is the most like heart-wrenching scene and Lowe is just like he feels so bad for his daughter and I just was in so much pain. Um, so I think about that scene all the time. And then you get like the twins showing up. Uh, and they also no, wrote Elliot and Tom. Elliot and Tom. Oh, yeah. Elliot. Well, I, you know what's so crazy? I view them as twins because they're so they're, like, I mean, honestly, with one what, do another? Call, like, what do they call like Irish twins when they're born in the same year? Because they're only like nine months apart or something like that. Yeah. And they're, they're like best friends as brothers. They are the troublemakers. They're not the actual twins, though, that Rose and Connor have. But. They show up and they're like there for Luna and they're like such good uh, friends to her. And they cousins. wrote weirdo on their head too. Yeah, um, oh. I thought that was so cute. So I love Luna um, a lot, and then I also really love Jane as well. Like I think she was such a great, just such a great character. Mm-hmm. Oh, her name was Jeffra. See the bully. Her awful name. Awful name. Stupid name. Um, she sucks. And she comes back I'm and Luna's think, what back are the and other... she's a bitch there too. What are the other... I feel like there's... I had another kid that I also really... Oh, I really love Charlie in this book too when they go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. When Brandy and I went to Disneyland together for the first time, <laughs> we like kept picturing like the Corsics and all their kids there because that's such a big moment um, <laughs> in yeah. this book is them like spending all this time at Disney. And... Um, it was just funny to be like, oh my gosh, like they went here, they went there. Yeah, and I was talking about them like being escorted like around backstage because they would have drawn too much attention. And then we saw Sterling K. Brown there and like literally that's what was happening. Like he was being escorted. Oh yeah. To ride. Um, but yeah, my favorite kids, also Luna, like immediately Luna was just like so quickly my favorite. I think just because like she is so sensitive. She's the parts of Lily that I really, really love. Um, like very sensitive and odd and like her own person um and that scene that scene where Lo picked her up from the sleepover that Kendra was just talking about I that's probably my favorite scene in this whole book it's the one I think about the most um but yeah uh it's definitely my favorites are Charlie Luna and um Kitty who is the youngest Hale she's just so funny which I, I don't know I have the same birthday <gasps> cute yeah. I wrote that in my book when they like get to yeah. her birthday I was like oh Kayla's birthday so um as far as like scenes that stick out to me in this one like i just said we that that sleepover scene scene is definitely the one and then also just like (laughs) the goodbyes at the end like the hail goodbye lily and lowe's goodbye oh the way i was gasping for breath when i was i I was reading this at like 1 a.m daniel was asleep next to me so i was trying not to wake him up and i was like (laughs) (laughs) like like, oh my god I don't know I just didn't wait until the next morning but yeah the hail goodbye where Lily and Lo are like we deserve this Uh, because like they're just like looking at their kids and they're together and they're like we deserve this life 
that. Oh yeah. my god. We often talk about how this book um is very much just like Kabaloe and Lilo's <laughs> I mean, you have kind Rose of. like you have Rose constantly giving birth throughout the, this entire book, and then you have uh, Lily and Lo having like such just great moments, like of them navigating parenthood and like running their businesses. Um, yeah, I also was like just flipping through my book. <laughs> you guys know I'm a big Rose Low alternate universe person. I would write hashtag Rose Low forever throughout this book. Anytime Rose and Low would have a good scene because Rose and Low have, have so many really good, good scenes scene. in this book. They do. Also, like Rose and up for each other and loving each other. Yeah, Rose and Reich have a good scene where they're like out to like lunch together, which oh. is like it was like so like awkward for them because like, they don't like do this. I, I think it's the scene or there, there's another scene where like Jane gets in trouble at school for kissing. Yeah, and the boy. so weren't and they, they like at lunch comes, and then they go? Yeah, and both yeah. of them go in and. And they're like, what is going on? They're like, and hey, Connor's like, and everybody's like, chill. Yeah. Because, like, imagine if Lo would have showed up too. Like, everyone at that school, yeah, in. would have been aired out. Oh, my gosh. So good. Also, like, Rose and Reich, they, they would have had a great time. My together. God, Kendra, you just want all of them to fuck each other. You do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. But there's just like I, I'm just like flipping through my tabs and just every single thing that I have tabbed, I could just talk about forever. But I am gonna say one quote and then I'll stop talking. But there's from Lowe's perspective. This is before they have Kinney, but it the sentence is Moffy, Luna, and Xander fill this deep place in my heart that only Lily could ever reach, which is like so big because they're so codependent, Lily and Lowe, through the majority of this series, right? And Lily's like the only person who can reach that part of Lowe, that like the best part of him, and for so long. And then, yeah, his babies. Ah! Oh my God. There, I I can say a lot about those evil twins, but them giving us this book, <laughs> I know. I can, I can kiss I them on the lips. I want so many authors, like, after you read this, you're like, why aren't more authors doing this? Like just writing those moments. Cause you know, a few episodes ago, Kayla was like, I read about, you know, John and Kala doing all these like mundane everyday life things. And you actually like get this, get that in this book. Like, like it's oh, them it's so like nice. picking out a movie to watch. It's them going to school. It's them mm-hmm. just like running their business. Yeah. Oh my God. What's your favorite scenes, Kayla? Well, I already talked about a couple, so I won't, I won't say too many. I could say so many, but I will just say, because you mentioned the Lilo goodbye, and obviously I have to mention the Kabbalah goodbye because it's the Kabbalah Wednesday that's family my dinner. Yeah. I love that's it. such I love a it. good one. The Wednesday family dinners, like I um, would be absolutely remiss if I didn't mention a Wednesday family dinner. But at the very end, it the the whole scene is basically like Ben is essentially saying that he's going to run away. So they're comforting Ben, but the thing that I think about when I like think about the Wednesday dinners and the farewell is it's the very beginning of Connor's POV chapter in the farewell portion. Mm -hmm. And it's, he says, there are many truths in my life, but as I stand opposite rows across a table with our many beautiful children, I wield one that I condemned for years on end. I'm in love with so much more than just myself. This truth will never fracture. So again, it's always coming back to, you know, old Connor would have never said anything like that. And then the ending of the chapter is all of the children, you know, talking about how they're a family, how they're all together. And he says, um, every every child meets our eyes, smiling as though they've obtained knowledge and secrets of the world, each individually unique, each with a mind of their own. 
each proud and in love with who they are. I expected no less. And then of course, <laughs> Why am I tearing with... up? Oh <laughs> my god! And then of course it it, it ends with their their the Kabbalaway uh, ensemble. ensemble. Yeah. Wait, so guys, good. I actually, I found a Rose Low moment. It's actually oh my God. such an iconic one. And um, what chapter is this? It's chapter 18. Um, and Rose, they just like went back and forth. They were bickering. Um, but then Rose ends it and she goes, it's so easy to hate Lauren Hill. And it can be just as easy to love him. She goes, Lauren might not have been a Calloway sister, but he's more of a brother to me than any other man in my life. That I am Iconic. I love that quote so much. Oh my god. See, you guys, oh we can just god. talk forever. We're like, oh yeah, and this scene and this scene. Oh. There's something written on every single page. Like there's not a single line in here that I was like, I would have cut that. I would have cut that. Like obviously I'm not the huge, like the biggest Reich and Daisy fan, but like even their moments in here, there's so many great moments for them in this book. And then of course the iconic last line of the entire book. And then we end, we end where we started, just us, all six of us. When, when As It Was by Harry Styles came out, I think like people would, like took that and they like were making all these core six edits because it fits like the vibe so well. Oh, what a series, yeah. you guys. Literally, like there is just no way that we could have done this in one episode because... There's just so much to talk about. There's so much so to many. love about this book or the series rather. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been fun being a part of like, well, I don't know if I'm a part of the fandom, but it's been fun like watching people talk about this series now that I am on the inside because for so long I was just like, why are people like obsessed? Like why? Like I don't get it. But now I do get it because you feel very at home by the time you get to the end of this. Like you know them as characters so well, like KBR with plot. You know, they're not that great at it. Let's be honest. Yeah. They can use some work. But as character, like, they write some really good character-driven stories. Like, I think they're Col the Cobalt Kids, amazing. How they gave them each their own personality. Mm -hmm. Like, you know the kids so well by the, you, by the time you get to the mm -hmm. end of this book. Every single last one of them. And that, I think that um, even getting to the Like Us series, the Cobalt Kids are, like, the best part of the really that entire series like everyone's like when's the cobalt empire series coming out god like us what a fumble it makes me so upset when i think about it sometimes like i don't remember if we talked about this in the first episode but that is the series that like solidified our friendship because we the three of us and our we're friend Taz, yeah we were like buddy reading and we were so excited we were like oh my god we're starting tomorrow like i can't wait to talk about it and then we were reading and we we're like you're like, uh -huh, okay. uh -huh. we were like, yeah. through the first one, we were like, oh, what it's a book. Okay. <laughs> Words. And then, and then we, we all concluded, and we were like, this is like not. This is it. Um, there. Yeah, are also... I think by the second we knew that we we yeah we're gonna yeah. love it. Krista and Becca Ritchie have a Patreon where they write um, extended scenes, uh, bonus scenes, all this stuff. There are scenes on that Patreon that are 10 times better than anything that they've put out with the Like Us series. Like, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I think that series is so sloppily put together. There are like three good books that I that I would give that series. Other than that, it's just so disappointing. And it makes me so sad because there'll be moments with like Core 6 where I'm like, I don't think Core 6. Cause like, I just spent 10 books knowing these characters. I don't think they would have reacted that way. Cause in Like Us, there's that whole incest plot line. 
where they like think Jane and Mafia. They like, like believe it. They like yeah, and I'm media like over their kids. I'm like they that would never happen. Also, I hate that like it was cute in this book that like oh all the cousins are friends, but then in like us, they only have like, you don't have each any other, other fr- friends like no other friends like that's concerning. what and y'all went to like school with like other people like no other friends like so many things about like we can do a whole other episode on like us and like ripping it to shreds down the line but but that we refuse to let that diminish our love for these books and we really do you guys i think about them all the time lily and lo are my favorite book couple of all time at this point like i love them all time really oh yes like are these my favorite books of all time absolutely not lily and lo though are my favorite couple. Like, I, like who who like would come second after them? Not in like addicted, but like overall. I it's like it's hard for me to think about couples because when I think about characters, I love oftentimes they're like individual, like uh, apart from their other mm-hmm. couple. Like I love Knox Eden, but like and I love him and Memphis together. But it's not like I'm like they're my favorite couple. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and I like I love Nora and Charlie, but I I love Nora. You know, there's yeah. all that. But I I mean probably Christian and Daisy, um, as like an entity, mm. probably Christian yeah. and Daisy. Yeah. But final thoughts. Um, I'm glad Those that I read this life. series. Yeah, RCC, this is love. RCC, Hash. this is love. <laughs> Um, what is the great... what is the thing that all the kids say? Cobalt's never die. Cobalt's ne- thank you. Cobalt's yeah, never die. Cobalt's yeah, cobalt's never, cobalt's never, die. never die. That's my final thought. You know what my final thought is? Um, in another, I keep saying in another universe, this series would have been maybe slightly more interesting if Reich fell in love with Lily in Ricochet, <laughs> and it was a love triangle. That's what I think about all this the time. I probably think if you want, thought. if you want to love, if you want a love triangle, just read. Magnolia Parks. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not really love triangle, but yeah, I think about it. You want more messiness. You want more messiness. I I love messiness, and I think this series just needed some a little bit more sometimes. I like. I think there should have been some consequences for some of these characters' actions, and there aren't a lot of consequences for their actions, or they're not consequences that I think. There are a lot of fake outs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I think. But back to what I was saying, Reich falling in love with Lily, I think, would have made for a great plot line, Um, especially because Lo would have been at rehab. Imagine it. Sit on it. Think about it. Marinate with it. And again, Lo and Rose, perfect enemies (laughs) to lovers. I don't think they would have a romance. They would have just a very good, like, they would end in tragedy, Reich. (laughs) Not Reich, uh, Lo and Rose, but it would be hot. Somebody write the fan fiction for Kendra so that she no, can please. live happily, please. please. So that she can I have all this mapped out in my head. Like I can give you all the plot points. I just need someone else to write it. My final thoughts are, are these the best written books in the world? No. Do they have the best plots? No. Do they have the best characters even? No. No. Do I love them with my whole heart? Yes. yes. They have some of the best characters, not all of them, but they do have some of the best. (laughs) Yes. I I love these books so bad. Um, Are they going to be for everyone? No. Do they have their problems? Yes. Do I love them? Yes. I'm so glad. If you're going into it, yeah, thinking you're going to get some amazing technical writing, then you (laughs) 
You're going into it for the wrong reasons. You're going into it for the wrong reasons. Also, be prepared to have a very interesting parasocial relationship with the authors of this book. I call them the evil twins. They don't even know that I exist. (laughs) And you're going to see them at Book Bonanza and lie to their face about how much you love them. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be like, oh my God, I'm your biggest fan. Then I walk over and be like, twins. (laughs) Chris and Becca, thank you so much for writing these books. Like, they changed my life. I can't believe Kristen Becca had the nerve to sit there and write X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D. Like, it's so funny. Well, um, I mean, you're going to call them evil again because they're not even reading any of the addictive books to book books. Again, like, why? Well, you, wait, it. actually, I think I know Sorry. why because I think it's because addictive books are now picked up by a publisher. And I think at these conventions, oh. you can only sell... That makes that, I guess that makes sense. What I mean, I'm gonna, I'm bringing all my books, and they, I want character signatures. I want everything. Like, yeah, hopefully, I like, I, I will hunker down in their lives. We're so, we're fake as fuck. We're like, they're so evil. We're so, and they're like, we are gonna be safe like, oh in God, their Chris lives. Guys, we need to go get our restaurants for them, please, please, please. <laughs> uh yes. We think you guys should read the Addicted Calloway Sister series and let us know all of your thoughts. Uh, message the to podcast. Be, to be Instagram. fair, the people that have listened this far have probably read this series. If you've <laughs> yeah. listened this far and you haven't read the series, good luck. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. Hope to do more deep dives soon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm, we yes. we're, while we were recording this. We just like thought of so many other series that we would love to do this kind of deep dive with. It was so fun. Yay. We did it. Wow, Yay. that was long. Good job, guys. <laughs> All right. See you Bye next guys. time. Wow. Bye. Bye.